When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. On 11.16 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Garlic bread, triple cheese, melt and fill. Sets it up for Kennedy or Darling. It's Darling! First goal of the night to the West Coast Eagles. Now the gift to Cameron. He just got himself free enough to snap for goal! And it somehow got there. Darling was tracking it back. That is a terrific effort from an exciting young man. Bowing sizes up, gets it to Yo. He posts it on 50. This will be a good start to the quarter. You betcha. Wow, way from back to front. West Coast get one within 30 seconds. Three kicks to Cameron in the pocket. It's in the left foot box, suited by the right foot. He plays on, snaps around the corner, and he kicks the goal! Will Hoskin Elliott deposits it at full forward. World two inside 50s for the corner, and they've got a mark, and Big Brody's got it. This will give the Pies a real sniff. He's kicked a goal. They're not going anywhere. Big Brody's got four. Hits the ground, trying to scramble the ball to Goey. He's got it. He has kicked a stunner from the pocket. What a kick from Jordan to Goey. He only had a split second to decide what to do with it across the boot and it is a one-point ball game at Optus Stadium on a Friday night. High ball up inside 50. Crocker and Jenner both disorientated. It took an unexpected turn. They've got to get the ball back. They've got to take it the length of the field. Hearn will do his best but this is Collingwood's night. Queener takes it. The siren sounds. Have you ever heard a sweeter sound if you're a pie? What a win. So many were writing them off this year. But that is high fives everywhere in the box. It's one to remember. The Pies home by one point on the other side of the country. A massive win for those grand old Pies. Footy's a a hard caper and the scrutiny's quite intense, but we got back to a mentality that was working for each other and, and, you know, selfless attitude and to right the ship and to have us head back in the direction that we believe that that we're on to get the win tonight. I think it was critically important for the momentum of our season. Out of form, undermanned and written off by many, the Pies produced one of the great backs-to-the-wall victories. We'll discuss just how they did it and we'll take your calls. Yeah, we just ran out of steam in the second half, really, and their ability to sustain effort was better than ours. And that's pretty much what it comes down to. The last quarter, we couldn't win the ball. I'm not going to go too too angry at the players. I think they've been putting up pretty good effort for most of the year. And um, the last quarter was really disappointing. I won't be saying it's unacceptable and we've got to get better. But we got out and under in that last quarter and it's something we've got to redeem. 
Outworked and outgrunted on their home deck. Just what went wrong for the Eagles? We'll ask gun defender Tom Barras. Big news of the day is John Longmire's extension at the Sydney Swans officially saying to North Melbourne thanks, but no thanks. I'd love to coach the football team, no, no doubt. Um, but that's a, that's a long way down the road at the moment. I can guarantee you I'll be around. My performance dictates we'll be around. We're a rebuilding team. We're seven, eight. Three weeks ago, I was being lauded. Then you rely on the internal conversations you had, and I'm really comfortable based on conversations I've had in terms of where that sits. I speak to, to Chris regularly, and uh, I'm very comfortable where, where the club's at. I, I think we've got the right people in place to make that call, and uh, I've got no issue at all with it. The first piece of the coaching jigsaw is in place with John Nogmire re-signing yesterday. So what does this mean for Reece Shaw and what is on the minds of the Carlton hierarchy? The Blues CEO, Kane Little, will be our special guest. This is the Round 17 edition of Crunch Time for Honda. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50 and the new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Garlic bread, triple cheese, melt and fill. Bob Murphy is on his way to Sydney, but the wind and the weather playing havoc with their planes. He'll join us very shortly. Also having some issues with Adam Cooney, who's going down to Tassie for the Hawthorne and Fremantle game, meaning he's not with us yet either. So the five-time day, five-time night premiership hero, Dermot Brereton, is with myself, Kane Corns, live in the studio. Derm, we're going it alone, but what a game last night. Welcome. Hey, Cornsy, how are you? Yeah, we, normally I'm the one throwing a spanner in the worst. <laughs> Sorry, guys, couldn't get here on time or whatever. No, we've thrown it over to the other boys and they've stuffed up for the morning. I'm not copying that Coons is, <laughs> you know, things have gone wrong on the flight, things haven't turned up. He's just taken a, a day off, hasn't he? He's Lord. just taken it easy. We might have had a big night last night. <laughs> Looks like he could go down to uh, Tassie just for a free ride for I, the I day. I was a bit nervous, though. Oh, I've been told sometimes your punctuality isn't your strongest so, suit. It's not my long and suit, I was, no. I was thinking I'm, I'm going to be going it alone here for a while. But we are <laughs> going to take your calls. one 736 736 is the Star 21 open line. Pies fans, what did you think last night's season back on track with one of the wins of the year? Doom, what would you make of it? Uh, look, there, I, I, I've jotted down five points. I mean, to, to win against the Tide, to actually win against the informed team of the comp on the road, mm. 2,000 mm. Ks from home, when you're playing bad, your recent history is bad, things have to go right. So I, I jotted down the four main things I thought went seriously right for them was Grundy v Natanui. Natanui, I thought, beat Grundy soundly in the shoulder-to-shoulder ruck contest. Yep. But Grundy eventually ground him down and Natanui, not enough game time under his belt over the last two weeks. Mm. In the end, Grundy was up against a, 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 a lesser opponent when Natanui had to get rest off the ground and his... Endurance won the day in the ruck by the end of the game. I want to speak about that shortly and the, I guess, the dilemma for the West Coast coaching staff on Nick Natanui's uh, game time and whether they should have thrown that out the window. But uh, you've got... But also, but also, I mean, you have to. There was one time in the... When they're kicking the right-hand side of the screen, was that the last quarter, I think? Um, I forget now which way they were going. Anyway, he, he got a free kick with about 10 minutes to go. He did, yep. And he went back and half played on. Nobody impeded him. 
and he tried to kick it as far as he could. He was just forward of the centre circle, which means he was 25 metres inside, mm. the uh, less than 25 inside the square. The ball just cleared the square. He had a full kick out. He kicked it 30 metres. Yeah, it was a free kick against Mason Cox in the rough. That's right. Like yeah, yeah, going, now you got it. Yeah. The right of he kicked it 35, 10, 30, 35 so, metres. So you don't think physically he can go because... Uh, I think he gets... Uh, I think he is struggling with his yeah. endurance by the end of the game. So yeah. I looked at his numbers. Which is understandable. I looked yeah. at his numbers in the last quarter, Derm. So he played 17 minutes of about 30 minutes yeah. of the last quarter alone. He but had, they were none of the quality no, minutes that he played in the first so half. So he had, he had two disposals, three hit-outs. Where, yeah. where, and to your point, you look at Brody Grundy. He played 29 minutes of game time in the last quarter. He had 15 hitouts to Nat Nui's three. He had seven disposals, four tackles, and two clearances. He just outlasted him. And Tom Hickey has been a wonderful pickup for them. In in well, they got Tom Hickey to fill the void while Nat Nui's coming back. But he's been pretty good, Tom Hickey, so he's held his spot. So they've got to find another role for him, maybe playing as more of a forward and then pinch hit in the ruck. But whoever went up against uh, Tom Hickey in the ruck won the ruck as well. So the other points as well that had to go right, Darcy Moore goes down, uh, Wilbur Hoskin Elliott Mm. and Maynard. Maynard Mm. plays on the mid to smalls. Wilbur Hoskin Elliott is a... Uh, he's about six two, six two and a half. He's tallish, but he's a he's a ground wingman. level yeah. winger, half forward, flank opportunistic. They asked him to go back into the back line and play on occasions uh, on some of the yeah. a, a, a couple of the big fellas, and those two stood up brilliantly. So that's a win you didn't see coming. And and Maynard, who's not small either, he's around the six two mark, one eighty eight. Uh, he played. Fantastically well, also, and and you wouldn't have gone into the match thinking, well, at some stages he's going to take Josh Kennedy and mm. and, and Oscar Allen, uh, Darling, Hoskin uh, Elliott had Darling for pieces. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. you wouldn't have thought in your wildest dreams that those two were going to take uh, any of those key forwards, and they did very very well. Uh, but so too did Darling on occasions. The other one was uh, there's two left. Maya Check's contested mm. marking was fantastic in conjunction with Big Mason Cox, who got to the footy this time. Barras pushed him under the ball when they played over there last year in the first week of finals, and he was pretty ordinary. But I agree with Mason Cox. You're never quite as bad as you think you're going, as people mm. think you're going. You're never quite as good as as they laud you to be going. I thought he was, just before your last point, Maya Check was the best man on the ground for me. Five contested marks, as you say. He took 10 uh, marks for the night and kicked four. Uh, I want to get your thoughts as a, a forward-line expert on, on Mason Cox because I think he would have dropped 15 marks last night. Yeah. But I, I, know, I know he was He supplies solid, a role. And he didn't get outmarked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to, the, the, is there an issue? I want to get your thoughts. Will there be an issue for Collingwood with how predictable they were at times last night? 20 entries to five in the last quarter. Most of those were long yeah. to Cox. Um, will, will other teams feast on that just knowing that... I love my mate, Big Wayne, the duck, and uh, we see very, very uh, alike when yep. we look at footy. I would take him on this day because he was, he was talking with his special comments, you've got to come in on different angles. The last thing Collingwood wanted to do was come in on different well, angles. He can't move side to side, can he? No. Yeah. You had to keep it narrow. You had to be predictable. If you've got the ball 70 metres out and you're looking to kick it to your team advantage, a lot of teams will try and roll play on and kick to the far pocket, kick to the middle. They couldn't do that. Mm. They, If you're looking at what, they're plus 20-something for contested ball. 
Oh, they they were winning contested ball, and it's. I thought it was a fantastic coach. We we gave Nathan Buckley a, a little bit of a mini slap last week mm. in the media. We should give him a mini pat on the back this week because he said, guys, if there's one area we can beat them, we can be tougher than them. Mm. And he said after the game, you know, we outmongreled them or whatever it was, uh, uh, we can beat them mm. in physical stakes at the footy. So what they had to do is keep it narrow and turn it into trench warfare. You think of how many times it was free, open, flowing, running. It, it didn't happen. They had to get Mason Cox to lead to the pocket and he bring it, brings it front and centre and then they just bashed it up from there. I thought it was fantastic. I thought they had to do that. The last one for me was he hasn't played in the midfield for two years. They had to beat West Coast Eagles at finding the footy and be more physical um, because they've got Yo and they've especially got Shuey. Yeah, who's Jack, been the last quarter expert. And Jack Crisp. Yeah. Uh, Shuey's still got some of the ball, but it wasn't... And even though it says 70-something percent for his mm. kicks, I felt he was harassed every time he got the ball. And Jack Crisp still played the footy, but that big... 190-centimetre body that's around 93, 94 kilos, big strapping, almost swore then, <laughs> bugger. <laughs> um, he just was able to physically give it to Shuey so he just got touched and pushed off his kick each time. I thought Crisp, the, the, the deployment of putting Crisp into the middle was a... A real masterstroke by Nathan Buckley. Yep, 30 disposals. He had 10 contested. So you're right. There's Derm's four points. We'll take yours on the Star 21 open line. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A couple of points for me out of the game. Derm, I thought, uh, and you're right when we've got to pay Nathan Buckley some credit, the use of Jordan Degoe is always going to be a tough one for him, like it is with... Had to with, play midfield. Uh, like it is yeah. with Chris Scott and Dangerfield and, yep. and, and Fife uh, with Ross Lyon and Martin with Damien Hardwick. These guns, who are equally as damaging in the midfield as they are forward, there's the balance there. I thought he got that balance right. And, and pivotal moment for me was was late in the game, the goal he started, centre bounce. Centre bounce played out. He won a vital contested ball in the middle of the ground. Oh, is that the one where he, he spun? He, yeah, he did he like a 360 right in the spun middle on of the, the ground. contact. Yeah. And, and then he drifted forward and was able to kick that crucial goal to put them yeah. within one. So I thought that spin through the contact was more, not more important. Mm. I thought it was more pivotal to getting the ball forward than... We know what he's capable Kicking of. Then the execution of the goal. I, I thought that was wonderful. They had to beat West Coast Eagles up in the middle of the ground, so they needed the big bodies. Hence, more of Dugowie in there. Mm. Hence, more of Crisp in there. So that was the one for me. The, the other one, which is a more broad discussion, just holistically, and we, we make big calls in the media from time to time, and, and I'm critical of it at times, but... It, Argue against that Jordan Ruffett is not the recruit of the year at Derm. So let's play this out. I wasn't sure about I wasn't sure about this guy when he when he came across from the Bulldogs. Watch him for a while. He's played ruck. He's played forward. He's played back. Never really established himself, but despite playing in a premiership. And and I even thought Ben Reed might replace him down back. I, I didn't even think he was a lock in the side. But he's kept arguably the game's most powerful and dynamic forward, Josh Kennedy, to zero goals. Not only that, three kicks and one mark. He had seven ranking points. Champion data records your game on ranking points. A good score is about 100. He had seven at Josh Kennedy. And yeah. this is because of Roughhead now. Uh, a There's lot... a bit of Roughhead's uh, – uh, sorry. 
I agree with you. Roughhead's been a wonderful pickup for him, and they've simplified his game. At the doggies. Because of their list and whatever, they mm. needed him to plug holes occasionally, play in the ruck, then go to centre-half back, then maybe to full-back. Colling would have simplified his role. You, so, you're playing on the big pigs down yeah. down back. You're playing on the last line. He's still got some flaws as a footballer, but they've simplified his game, which has worked really well for so him. So a lot of people will say, well, Corns is kidding himself again. Lockie Neal's the recruit of the year. But uh, uh, Lockie, Lockie Neal's been amazing for You Brisbane. knew what Lockie Neal was going to uh, give you. And, you yeah. and they've given up picks 6 and 19 to get Lockie Neal in one of the strongest drafts in 15 years. The price Collingwood played, paid for Roughhead, pick 75. So the, the Bulldogs yeah. have affected given away Roughhead for nothing. Now, Collingwood have turned him into probably equal with Daniel Talia as one of the game's best shutdown defenders. I reckon he'd be top three in their best and fairest this year. And, and anyone, I'm happy to argue that he's not the recruit of the year. But we will take your calls, 1300 736 736. Lots of people lining up to have their say, yeah. including Andrew. We'll get to you. Andrew wants to chat about the role of Chris Main on Shannon Hearn. Lines available if you want to join in the conversation. It is crunch time for Honda. Introducing Honda's 50-year limited edition range. Search Honda 50. And for Sub Life at Subway, try the new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. We're up and running on Crunch Time. We'll take your calls next. You're listening to Crunch Time for Honda. Introducing Honda's 50-year limited edition range. Search Honda 50. And for Sub Life at Subway, try the new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. We are taking your calls on the Star 21 open line. one 736 736 Pies fans, get involved this morning. Was it the win of the season? Andrew has been patient in Romsey. Andrew, good morning and welcome to Crunch Time. Yeah, good morning. How are you going? Good, thanks, mate. Good, bud. I just thought that um, Chris Mayne, although he didn't have a lot of the ball, his defensive forward role on Shannon Hearn was a good move. It didn't allow him to set up in the back line and dictate what he normally does. Yeah, he was a, like Shuey. He just seemed to be under more pressure each time he got the footy, I thought, Andrew. Yeah, so, yeah. No, that was a good move. It, it, like I said, he didn't have much of the ball, but it didn't allow Shannon Hearn to do much either. Yeah. All those little things, yeah. Uh, and you've got to give credit where it's due. Last week, the media, myself included, said I, we thought uh, Clarkson outcoached the Collingwood coaches' box, and so they kept, copped their hit. I thought they had a big win last night in the coaches' box, especially in their pre-plan in the way they set up. Thank you to you, Andrew. Tom Barras from West Coast to join us to chat about all those things a little bit later on, as is Carlton's Kane Little for Blues fans, wondering who is going to be their next coach. one 736 736 is the number. Let's go down to Geelong and speak to Brett. Brett, good morning. G'day, gents. Hope you're all well. Good, mate. Uh, I, I think you're overlooking a young bloke from Geelong, number 32, Brian Mears. Brian Myers, yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of the recruit yeah. of the year. So for those just joining, I said that Jordan Ruffett is the the recruit of the year. What what I did mean was, you know, someone from another club. Inter-team. So, yeah, so, so Myers, you know, is, is a selection in the draft and an outstanding one at that, Brett, but I was more, more talking about a trade or uh, maybe I used the wrong word with recruit. Somehow I was wondering, Brett, calling in from Geelong, talking about the Collingwood and West Coast game, I thought, how are you going to wangle a Geelong question into this conversation? Well done, mate. The kid, uh, Grian Myers, is a fabulous player. And the thing I love about him too, Brett, is that as a junior, he was schooled as a forward. Most players who come in as small forwards into the league now, 
They're from the midfield in their competition. They're the best players and they get to AFL and there's a few best players ahead of them. So they end up finding a home in the forward line and they have to relearn that, whereas Brian Myers is schooled and housed as a forward, uh, a small forward for pretty well all of his junior career. Thank you to you, Brett. Get involved, one 736 736 is the number. So, Derm, in terms of Collingwood and their season, I mean... They were pretty much the headline act on on most of the Monday uh, footy shows and and you do your best work for Fox Footy on the couch, 360, all of those shows. And and Nick Revolt, I think, actually said if they don't turn things around, they're in a world of pain or words to that effect. What does this win do for their prospects of top two and and trying to chase that elusive flag? You know, uh, the one thing I felt with Collingwood was you turn up at your meetings and you're looking for your coach to give you a format, give you a system, give you a plan that you can believe in and say, yeah, we can get them. We can get this team who's more highly fancy than us. We're not in great form. They're a good team. But this plan's going to work. You've got to believe in that. Mm. And I think sometimes what can happen is you believe so much in the plan, you forget about that that horrible word which we all hated as footballers the grind because <laughs> it's bloody <laughs> the hard winter grind the grind <laughs> and that's what collingwood got back last night it, 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 all these things that went well for collingwood they were fantastic but overarching overriding everything with collingwood last night playing that narrow side football beating west coast at the contest ground level, out-tackling them, mm. that was the grind. Yep. They got the grind back last night, and if they can carry that through, because it's bloody hard between round 12 and round 18. I used to hate it. Same. I used to try and give myself a holiday, <laughs> try and clock somebody. Well, it's boring for you because you just rock up at the business centre and win flags all the time. For the rest of us, we have to try and get there. Yeah. Well, you need foot soldiers, oh, mate. Oh, yeah. you do. Uh, yeah, but, the, but for Colin, we're getting back in serious. They found the grind again last night, and it's hard work and it's horrible to do it while you're doing it. But at the end of the game, when you've won and you've gone through that grind mm. and you've got the four points against the tide, you say, how good is this? Mark is in Greenvale. Mark, who is the recruit of the year? Welcome. Good morning, guys. Look, I'm a Swan supporter, but I have to say, everything being unbiased, Lockie Neal's got to be recruited the year for a new club. Yeah, he's up, he's up there, Mark. I, I guess my point for that is just what it costs them in terms of not only his salary. So Brisbane will be paying him, you know, upwards of eight hundred thousand dollars per year, which which is fine because they can afford it. They got a lot of young players, but they also gave up pick six and nineteen with some picks back involved in that, including pick thirty. So I just think for value and output, roughhead pick seventy five. He's probably on the minimum wage plus match payments. Hard to go past him. I accept your point, and I accept Lockie Neal could win the brown, though, and his numbers are extraordinary. But for value, it's hard to go past not, Jordan Ruffhead. Not just because you're sitting opposite me, but, Mark, I would say that you know what you're going to get with Lockie Neal, and somewhere down the track you don't get utilisation of those draft picks, those real high-end draft picks you've used to get Lockie Neal into your club. So your list has got better right now, but you weigh up what you might not get in the future. Now, there is a might there. Collingwood have improved their list with a recruit. And if Collingwood didn't pick him up, he's probably playing VFL for somebody yep. 600 bucks a week right now. And they've improved their list and they've kept all their draft picks. So I, I think on that level, I I tend to agree with, with Kane. For what they've given up, he's, he's, 
literally the recruit of the year because they've seriously improved their list without giving anything away. Pick 75, they might not have even used it. No, they wouldn't have. Although they, they did. I think they picked... Um Oh, the, the trainer's son, the horse trainer's son. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I sh- should remember that. We, yeah, we'll you remember should, it. Eh? We'll remember it I don't in know a second. Nothing about he's a good, I don't Hayes. Know enough, Hayes. Yes, yes. yes. Will yeah. Hayes. Will yeah. Hayes from the dogs. So, you, 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 Mark, you're right. If you stack up apples for apples, uh, yeah, Lockie Neal is a better player, not dis- discouraging or, or downgrading uh, uh, Roughhead. Lockie Neal's a better player. But for what you've given up, it's, it's just a. a an unbelievably good decision. Shane is on the road. Who's the recruit of the year, Shane? Hey guys, um, another Swan spot here. I yeah. gotta say, uh, I gotta, I gotta say, Gary Rowan, uh, just for the impact he's had on um, on the Geelong forward lines, completely changed the way that they run the ball in and tackle, and he's been absolutely phenomenal for them. For the wolf pack, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, it, 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 value for touch, Gary Rowan, I think he averages seven disposals in his career, Gary Rowan. Value for touch and what he brings, Dermy. He doesn't get it much. He doesn't touch it uh, much at all. But, uh, but he has given he, pressure this year and he is quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One thing he, he does have going for him, for seven, seven possessions, he kicks beautifully yeah. for a set shot. He's really kicking the ball well. So he's getting full value for each one of those possessions. Thank you to you, Shane. You can join in on the Star 21 open line, one 736 736 Big one for Collingwood next week. They take on the Giants and a big one for the Giants as well. Uh, they got to get their season going. But the last quarter numbers, as you said, Doom, plus 22 contested, 15 in ground balls and inside 50s, 20 to 5. We were sitting at home last night thinking, how good's this? I think six goals each in the first quarter. Um, could we have this high score? 18 at half time. 18 at half time. Then West Coast didn't score for 40 minutes. <laughs> is, is that the coaches thinking, well, we can't we can't have this. We can't have this entertaining footy. We better rein this back in. Yeah. Five after half time, oh. 18 till half time. It's too good to be true. Yeah. But if you notice that, when the grind came on and it shut down, it suited Collingwood. Mm. No they, they won. They won the second half shutting it down. Steve is a happy Collingwood man. He joins us to join in this morning. Steve, where'd you rank that win? Oh, one of the best of all time, Kane. Really? Mate, we lost Darcy Moore in the first quarter. Okay, they lost, uh, what's his face? Uh, Cripps. Cripps. Okay, they lost him, fair enough. But I'm talking about our back line. You've got a first gamer. You've got a two-gamer. You've got a reject from Footscray. And you've <laughs> lost Darcy Moore in the first quarter. And you take the supposed greatest forward line in the competition to the cleaners, mate. <laughs> you sound like a coach. Do you coach local footy? Actually, Dermy, yeah. um, you're one of my heroes, Dermy, and I hate you. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Yeah. Am I right? You were a Collingwood supporter as a kid. I was. You waited your whole bloody career until you came to Collingwood, mate. <laughs> and then, and then you, got, you gave us great service for a year and then you quit on us, you dog. <laughs> this is one of, the few mate. To- one of the few times in my life I've been called a dog and had a laugh at it. <laughs> Steve. I tell, I, tell you, I tell you, mate, I remember a game. It was against Melbourne. We had a young kid named Anthony Schauble playing. Oh, Schwaber. He was at yeah. half forward, if I remember correctly. And the Melbourne guy was giving him a belt behind the ear every time he went near the ball. And I remember I saw a number, a, a chicken leg, <laughs> mutty head, 
Muffy head guy run up beside this Melbourne guy, whisper something in his ear, and Shawball had the best game of his life from there on in because the guy didn't have the guts to go anywhere near him. He, he played pretty well that day, I remember, at the MCG. Hey, uh, Steve, just one for you. And uh, uh, can yep. I ask you your age bracket? What age are you? 73, mate. 73. So you would remember this gent well. I, I, I had one of the privileges of my footballing, I suppose, support as a supporter, a lifelong supporter, even though I'm still bad for the Hawks now, um, still had a lot of love for the Magpies, I had the chance to interview the great, fabulous Phil Carmen one-on-one during the week. So I've got to transcribe it and put it down and it'll be out in the paper in the next week or so. It was an absolute... You remember him? How good was fabulous Phil? The greatest waste of talent that ever lived, mate. Oh, he was a super, super player. Steve, well, you and I could probably chat all day about, <laughs> about 70s footy. I'll tell you but, what, Jeremy. Yeah. I'd, I'd love the opportunity to talk to you all day, Ernie. I'll tell you right now, as I said, I love I love the way you did things, mate. Oh, Steve. good on you, Steve. You have a great day, mate. Steve, Cheers, mate. you are what Talkback Radio is all about. Great call if you want to join in. one three hundred seven three six. And you laughed. Time now to get to Russell Barwick from Unibet. Get footy fill-ups every week at unibet.com.au. Russ, big day of footy ahead. Big day of sport, Kane, right around uh, the globe, really, when you look at things. About to walk in the SCG myself. Uh, we'll get to the cricket, the tennis in a second. But first up, the AFL, the Swans, uh, short price, as you'd expect. Beautiful, sunny day in Sydney. Um, shouldn't be any issues for either side. A dollar twenty-six, Carlton, $3.90. 24 points the line. If you don't like the dollar twenty-six, maybe the dollar eighty-seven for the Swans to lead it every quarter. Might be your go as far as the first goal scorer is concerned. Sam Reed, top pick at $8. Tom Papley at $10. I don't mind Luke Parker. He occasionally sneaks down and uh, goes in the forward line to start the game. So maybe $21 about Luke Parker is uh, something that might be of interest. The later games, Hawthorne $1.45. Very, very short priced and well back to take care of Fremantle two seventy five and 13 the line there. But the most... Uh, supported side all day has been North Melbourne, in fact all week. Uh, we put up black figures so around 2.20 earlier in the week on uh, the Kangaroos against Essendon and they're now $1.90 each of two, so very heavily backed North Melbourne. And don't forget our new in-match multi, so you can combine up to 12 different options, first goal scorer, last goal scorer, half-time, full-time, those sorts of things, and you can win big with the in-match multi at unibet.com.au. Away from the AFL, Cam Smith tonight. Uh, the Melbourne Storm, $1.25 to take care of Cronulla in his 400th game. What a feat that is. And when you add the fact he's played 100-plus rep games, 500-game career uh, is pretty impressive. In the tennis tonight, Serena Williams, $1.55 to take care of Simona Halep, two fifty-five. And almost similar odds in the men's. Novak is $1.53. Roger Federer, $2.50. And just finally, the cricket. Uh, that's tomorrow night, 7.30. England, very short. I hope the Kiwis can knock them off, really shut them up after they beat us. <laughs> uh, $1.31, the Poms. Uh, New Zealand, $3.60. So plenty on offer there, plus 20-odd racing specials this afternoon as winter racing continues. You know the drill, unibet.com.au. Download the app and, as always, gamble responsibly. Well played, Russ. Enjoy the footy. Get legendary tips on at odds with Junior Fletch and Hammer. Watch the latest episode at unibet.com.au. Coming up next, Carlton CEO Kane Little will join us. This is Crunch Time for Honda.
introducing Honda's 50 Years Limited Edition range. Search Honda 50. And for sub life at Subway, try the new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range, loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50, new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Garlic bread, triple cheese, melt and fill. Thanks for your company on SEN. You're listening to Crunch Time for Honda, introducing Honda's 50-year limited edition range. Search Honda 50 and for sub life at Subway, try the new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Kane Little, the Carlton CEO, joining us very, very shortly from the SCG. Damn, it's been, been a difficult and interesting week for the Blues for something different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that seem to be going all right, though. Yeah, yeah. They seem to be going all right, but the race for the coach hots up and uh, Chris Judd's comments on Monday night's footy classified certainly on the agenda this week and has shaken things up. We'll speak about John Longmire as well and him recommitting to the North Melbourne Club and what that means for the race in terms of the possibly vacant coaching jobs and also... Uh, big weekend for Saints coach Alan Richardson down in Geelong. You feel like one really ugly performance. Oh, could, you could know spell, I can't comment, could, but I, I could spell the There's disaster. a pretty good, pretty good vibe around the place. They're always up and they're at it, and had a key forward who did really well last week. The hardest thing to do is get a key forward in your team firing, mm. and they've got one. So I've always been a believer that you. Start one week the way you finished off the week before, and that's what form is. And their last three quarters against North Melbourne, who brutalised them in the first quarter, was pretty good. Mm. I thought it was very good, their last three quarters. So hopefully they can give that type of continuation of, uh, of form. Still lines available if you want to jump on the phone and have you say, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Call me a Bob. dog. Bob Murphy in Sydney to join us shortly. He's had some issues with his flight. It's windy and, and Bob's chickened out and, and uh, maybe not even got on the plane. But uh, Adam Cooney also struggling to get a hold of him in Tassie. But Kane Little Blues fans to join us very, very shortly from the SCG. What about the landscape in general, Derm? Uh, how many teams do you think can win it? Clearly, right. clearly West Coast, Geelong, Collingwood now. Well, Collingwood, okay, so the other thing that hasn't been mentioned about Collingwood, they're going to get stronger from here as well. Um, mm. They will get a couple of players back definitely. Howell Langdon, pretty important. Yeah, but uh, what's his name? <laughs> I mentally Stevenson, when he no, comes back before. Yeah, but the boy in the middle uh, um, from GWS... Oh, yeah, Adams, Taylor Adams. Yeah, Taylor yeah. Adams. Every time I think of somebody I'm mentally blocking, how am I going? Alzheimer's, or I've been punched in the head. Wait, those buddy backmen yeah. whacking me in the back of the head for 20 years, it's starting to catch up. So Taylor Adams, I think in the last, until last night, for the last three weeks, he's been the silent one missing, and I think it's really shown that their inside real heavy, boring grunt at the footy has been missing for the Magpies and they've felt that loss. But because he's not, you know, a, a beautiful-looking player like a Jaden Stevenson mm. or a Jeremy Howe taking those wonderful overhead marks, he sort of gets lost in the memory of people of yeah. what are they missing. Hence they have to put Crisp in there. Uh, uh, hence they have put more Degoe in there because Taylor Adams is that big, heavy-framed, I'm in, I get in under your knees, I get the ball, I'll take hits, you can bang away at me all you want, I'll still get my hands on the footy. Yep. So I felt that he's, his absence has hurt them. He comes back. 
shortly as well. Mm. So they get better again. That releases crisp to the back flank again, which means that they probably, as good as these kids have been, Quainer and, and, and Noble, they probably, it's it's part of the learning process. They probably take a yep. step back when they start to get more players in. They get stronger again. So Collingwood uh, are thereabouts. The team which has really surprised me is the Brisbane Lions. Mm. Yeah, we'll talk about them soon uh, as we uh, progress through the we show. We will, because we don't want to keep our next guest waiting us. Joining us live from the SCG is Carlton CEO, Kane Little. Kane, thanks for your time. It's been an interesting week. Yeah, no problems. Thanks for having me on, okay. Kane. Yeah, um, it's been an interesting week. <laughs> it, it has been. How has it affected the club? Chris Judd's comments we are referring to, that you don't want to appoint a coach with training wheels on. And how much of a distraction has it been? They haven't affected the club at all internally. Um, we can't control what goes on outside of the club. Um, internally, we're all really clear what we're trying to do. Our messages have been clear to those involved. So internally, it has had no effect at all. Were you disappointed with his comments? No, it wasn't. Um, in actual fact, they're completely aligned to the comments we've been making all along about the fact that we feel like we've done some really heavy lifting over the last few years. The next coach to come in is going to get to take advantage of that, but the expectations are going to be higher and quicker. So the, his comments were completely aligned to, to the comments that we've been making for the last So month. effectively saying that, you've ruled out David Teague as a viable candidate? No, we haven't ruled anyone in or out. But he, but he, would, you would think that he has training wheels on because he hasn't coached at senior level before and isn't that experienced in terms of uh, what he's done in the game? I'd probably think that that'd be a little bit disrespectful to David. I think he's been an assistant coach for about 12 years across four clubs, some really successful clubs, and he's now got half a year um, to coach our, our AFL team as as well as having coached um, VFL back um, 13 or 14 years ago. He, oh, I wouldn't suggest David T's got training wheels, no. So you did back away from the comments a little bit uh, post Chris Judd's comments on Monday night, and you said that you won't be giving a running commentary. Will you instruct Chris not to comment on it because he does have various media roles, which makes it difficult? Chris and I talk just about every day um, and, and the panel that are working on the appointment of our coach are, are in regular contact. We're really clear on our messaging. Um, as I've said, I'm, I didn't have an issue with, with what Chris said. It was in complete alignment. He's in a, he's in a, a, a position where he works in the media and he'd be a pretty boring commentator if he answered no comment to everything. So we've got no problems with that. And as I said, we're in constant contact with each other. Have you started interviewing coaches yet? Uh, we won't be running a commentary on that, Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Good try. Uh, well, so w w when when is the time frame for your members, for your Carl members, of where you'd like to appoint a senior coach? Can you comment on that? Yeah, look, thanks for uh, referencing the members because if it, if, I, if it worked, I'd love to give them a running commentary because they deserve it, but obviously that, that's impossible. Um, we don't have a time frame on when, when it will and won't happen. We won't be rushed. This is a really important decision to the club and what I can assure our members of is there's that power of work going on in the background to make sure that um, we fully understand where our current group is and we can slot the right coach in um, to maximise where that group is moving forward. Hey, Kane, Dermot here. How are you going? Good, thanks, Dermot. How are you? Excellent. Now, come on, mate. I've been through the process at football club level somewhere out at Prince's Park. Oh, what do we call it now? Icon Park. Icon Park. We want to give the sponsors all the credit they deserve. Yeah, thanks, Virgin and Hyundai. Yeah, <laughs> good on you. Somewhere out there is a whiteboard and it's got a few names up on it. How many names are up on there? <laughs> we won't be running a commentary, Derm. <laughs> oh, you, you, it's not a commentary. You can tell us it's got some names on it, yes? Well, of course there's a board with some names on it. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you, uh, does it have Reshore on it? Oh, we won't be running a commentary. <laughs> 
Would you interview Reece Shaw? I feel like I'm we won't rule, four We won't quarters. rule anyone. We won't four rule quarters. anyone in or out. <laughs> so would you interview him? We wouldn't rule anyone in or out at this stage. Unbelievable. Does, okay. Um, John Bob, Longmire. Bob Murphy, who's supposed to be sitting next to me interviewing me, he, he might have some questions for me as well. No, you leave Bob out of it for the moment. <laughs> well, okay. I, I have to leave him out of it because I'm hosting your box here. I'm on my own. <laughs> Can I ask... What is the shuffle-down effect when you, you sit in your office, you, you speak with Chris, you speak with the other people who are delegated to uh, see this process through to a point where you can actually crunch the, the situation and, and say, this is our direction. Um, John Longmire re-signing, what does that do on the shuffle-down? Uh, we won't be running a commentary um, and <laughs> we, we won't be affected by what other clubs do. We're focused on Carlton and making the best decision for us, so... You know, we're not going to be influenced by what's going on around us. Kane, can you give me a good reason why we've got you on today? I'm not sure. I was asked. It's important I came on. So I'm following my instructions from Vanessa, my GM of communications, and here I am. Carlton CEO Kane Little joining us from the SCG. Can I ask you this, Kane? Yes. Without a coach, and it is the time of year where you ramp up your recruiting strategies. I mean, everyone behind the scenes is talking to players that they want to attract to their club. How tough is it? to attract the big names if we're talking about a Stephen Canelio to your club when you don't have a coach? Look, there's a lot of things I feel our club are doing well and the, the feedback I'm getting from the market, whether that be you know coaches or players, is that um, the, the general belief is Carlton's on the right track. We've got a really talented young list. Agreed. Um, the off-field part of our business has, has improved significantly and you might have heard some numbers getting reeled off in recent times. We've had the biggest membership jump in our 155-year history, coming off the back of two wins last year. We're currently sitting third for average home crowds um, in amongst the top three teams from last year. Um, so I think West Coast are fourth. Um, we've got all the commercial assets locked in long-term with some, some more announcements ready to come. So I think everyone out there is looking at it saying, yeah, we think the club's in good shape and, and we think you're on the right track. Would I love to be sitting there as we interview players with, with a coach next to me? Well, absolutely. But I don't feel like it's a significant um, issue right at this point. Really? Because as a, as a player, I, you know, I don't think players, they, they want to come to a big club like yours. That, that's a given. And we know Carlton's a big club, and I know that as a player. But as a player, I want to know who I'm playing for. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think you can be as dismissive that it's not a, a really big issue in terms of getting a player of that calibre in. Yeah, it's a fair point, but the, the conversations really don't ramp up until after the season anyway. Um, whilst there's a lot of, you know, feeling people out, whether that be managers or players or clubs right at this point, I don't feel like there's a lot of decisions. Maybe the one, one every now and again might be made really early, but the majority of them aren't. So... We're really confident that by the time those decisions are really ready to be made, we will have a coach sitting there and a coach that players will be you know, really comfortable and excited to play for. Do you expect your list boss, Stephen Silvani, to be there next year? Uh, yeah, well, look, I, I feel like Stephen's done a great job. Um, I've referenced a number of times the hand he was dealt when he got here. Um, you look at our young, talented list, um, we feel stability in, 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 a in a football club is really important. So I hope Stephen and I hope everyone's still here next year. But I've also stated we've won five games in two years and, and we're reviewing all parts of our club and that includes me. So I, I, I do get frustrated when we individualise around one person because we're an entire football club made up of a lot of people and we all need to face into the fact that we've only won five games and we'll continue to do that. Can I ask about the care and responsibility of a football club? Uh, and I know Carlton are very good at this. Uh, how much contact, well, I heard um, young Doggerty speak about it, uh, how much uh, follow-up work has Carlton done with Brendan Bolton and, and where's he at and how's he going? Yeah, we've, we've got a number of people at the club who, who are in contact with Brendan. 
Look, I, I can't speak personally because I, I haven't had a chance to catch up with him um, in the last month. Um, the reality is when, when employers and employees part ways, there is, there is, a, 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 there is a process of giving, you know, giving it some time. Um, as I said, we've got a number of people in contact and, um, you know, whenever someone moves on from a club, I think I've heard other coaches quoted in the media saying, you know, your whole your whole life is, is your work and all of a sudden it's no longer there. So there's a, there's a period of adjustment and we accept that and we respect that. So the people who are making that contact, I mean, you being the CEO, they will f- give feedback to you. What What is the feedback? Oh, look, I think it'd be unfair to, to talk about that, but rest assured there are people from the club reaching out. He's, a, he's an A-grade citizen, yeah, yeah. It's good that... that 100% club, A-grade yeah. citizen. Yep. That time of year also you've got to make some decisions and inform your assistant coaches that are out of contract. Have you started that process as well? Uh, look, that that's uh, a process that Brad Lloyd will run. Um, I think my understanding is about August 1, that all needs to start and you either need to be really committed on someone or you need to be completely uncommitted or you need to be honest and say, we're just not quite sure at this point. that We're waiting on a few things to fall. So that would be uh, Brad you know, behind the scenes will be working on that. Well, Kane, it's been a big week for you once again, as you always do. You front up and we didn't get a lot out of you, but uh, we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate it nonetheless. Thank you all and thanks, Bob, for your, for your questions. <laughs> yeah, well done, Bob. <laughs> Kane Little, the Carlton CEO, Blues fans, you can join in on that conversation. It, it feels That's how like... you should conduct it. We give him a grilling, he has a laugh. Oh, we have a laugh back yeah. with him. There's no, there's no bad blood there. We, we have to ask the questions. That's our job. And he, he bats him away and smacks him down with contempt and we all have a laugh and move on. don't know what Juddy's going to provide, though, on, on Footy Classified if he can't talk about the coach anymore <laughs> and he can't do it on his other radio commitments. So he's going to be pretty boring as well. He's, he's, yeah. It's the hottest topic that he's involved with and he's not allowed to speak on it anymore. A massive show still to come on Crunch Time. We'll welcome in Bob Murphy. We'll also cross to the West and speak to their gun defender, Tom Barras, who, well, we'll find out what went wrong for the Eagles last night. You are listening to Crunch Time. We're doing it all for Honda. We'll be back with a massive show on the other side of this. The award-winning Crunch Time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Garlic bread, triple cheese, melt and fill. What a victory it was for Collingwood last night, getting the better of the Eagles by one point. Welcome to Crunch Time for Honda, introducing Honda's 50 years limited edition range. Search Honda 50 and sub life at Subway. Try the new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway, Cane Corns and Dermot Brewer and the five-time live in the Eddie. studio here in Melbourne. Bob Murphy is in Sydney. We've got you, Bob. You've made it. Take us through your morning and welcome. Hello, Robert. <laughs> G'day, Kane. G'day, Dermot. Oh, well, it's, it's been an interesting morning. There's been a bit of uh, bit of delays at the airport, and I just I, I, was, that old chest, wor- I was I was worming my way up the SCG uh, <laughs> stairs a moment ago, and Kane Kane Little sort of came and goes, oh. There you are. I've just been potting you on radio. <laughs> so I feel like I've almost had a diamond duck, but, I, but I'm in position, so I've got no idea what I've missed, but I imagine you would have spent a fair bit of time talking about the cracking game last night. No and doubt. you. Yeah, no doubt about that. And we'll get to the game that you're doing a little bit later on. But uh, what do you make of last night? It t- take us through the importance of a significant road win against the odds when you've been smashed for a couple of weeks in the media and what that'll mean for Collingwood going forward. Oh, it's, it's huge. It's a, the, the significance of that win can't be underestimated. And, I mean, a lot of the conversations are weak and 
and we all sort of jumped in, wasn't it, about Collingwood, about how precarious their position was and they're, they're out of form and there's no tougher trip in footy than to go to go to Perth and, and beat the Eagle, play the Eagles. So from that point of view, it's, an, it's, a, it's a season redefining kind of win, um, Collingwood. Um, unbelievable. So there, there was the I, – I, I had a hunch – and I tipped them, so I can I can go with that. That I had a hunch. Because sometimes when you're in the position that the Pies are in, when they've got talent, they've, we know that they've got some serious talent in their side. When you're in a form slump and and the football fraternity doesn't quite turn on you, but sort of puts you under the microscope. Sometimes in these interstate trips present themselves as a massive opportunity to to close ranks and and produce some of your best. And you know, explain one point, to the local explain to the local park footballer why that is so. Uh, I think it, it because of the distractions and the the amount of noise in football. When you when you play interstate, it does it does kind of reduce things to that gang sort of mentality that we that we talk about a bit in footy. So sometimes you try, you're trying to manufacture a feeling of it's just us against the rest of the world, and that that's that's more it's palpable when you go over to a hostile environment like Perth when you're the when you're the travelling party like up against a good side those wins are just they carry a bit more weight and with the the circumstances where the pies have been at this was this was not it was close to this is all cards on the table another loss last night would have been would have been sort of dire for for the pies so it's um it you know resets them up for the rest of the year eagles gun defender tom barras joining us for the wash up on that very very shortly bob derm had four big talking points out of the game last night one of them was the ruck jewel grundy versus nick now the other one which involves your expertise so he gave a special shout out to will hoskin elliott and Braden maynard for going back and playing out of their weight division when Darcy Moore went off with that hammy. Now, you, you're a skinny halfback flanker who no <laughs> doubt no doubt at times had to go and play on the big power fours like Darling and Oscar <laughs> Allen and Josh Kennedy. But uh, did you take special note of their performance last night? Yeah, I, I did. I, I, I think, I mean, that's... Nathan Buckley would be sort of thrilled with, with that effort. I mean, that's that's not in the, in the psyche, is it, for the planning of, of those guys and t- to show that they can... You know, have that flexibility. It does sort of now open the door for for someone like Will Hoskin Alley going, okay, so so could he be a swing man? Mm. So these are the sort of things that coaches might play a couple of cards at this time of year and think, okay, well maybe that maybe we save that for September. So uh, you know, it's a it's on one hand he goes, it's a selfless kind of, but it's not really. That's just what the team the team needed it to. But but it, you know, there's desperate. Desperate circumstances because Darcy Moore is he's so important to them. So that's the you know clearly the the, the real the only downer for, for the Pies out of last night. And you missed the chat with Kane Little, but we did our best to absolutely grill him on David Teague and the coaching situation. How did he How did he go? Well, Bob, I said to him, why, why have we got you on? He said that. Derm said, well, why have we got you on? You're not speaking. <laughs> you won't tell us anything. So, so they're not he was good, though. He took it in good he light. He was pretty chipper when I walked past him in the stairway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he he seems a good guy. We got a little bit out of him. But um, in terms of recruiting uh, players to the club, and they've got a bit of money, they tell us in the salary cap, and they'd love to get a big name like uh, Stephen Canilio. Pretty hard to get a, a player of that calibre when you don't know who you're going to be playing under. No, I, I suppose so. But also... We all we all see what's happening with the Carlton list, don't we? Mm. So I, I'm not sure if it's you know if, I, I, get, I get that players you know would would like to know who the coach is and but 
But that this list and this team, I think, in the last you know in the last four to six weeks, you can really see what's happening. So I, I don't think they'll have too much trouble attracting people on 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 that form. What'd you make of John Longmire recommitting to the Swans? No surprises. Uh, no, no surprises. It was I, I was kind of enjoying the um, the mystery of it all. It's kind of like, oh, oh okay, <laughs> he's, he's just going to end up staying after the after the interview on Fox Footy the other the other week. I thought, oh, this this is all on the cut. All options are on the table here. Uh, but I mean, he's got a he's got a pretty sweet deal up here, doesn't he? He's a premiership coach and well entrenched. So you know, the Swans are lucky to have him. Bob around round fifteen or so each year. There's a couple of names that get thrown up and. and Literally 90% of those names move clubs when there's conjecture put against them. And sometimes you can just sense mm. a little more heat against those footballers' names, and they nearly always move. What did you read into hearing, and from several different sources and, and backed up with statistical information, that Hugh Greenwood's name came up, and it sounded like they were shopping him out early? It's it's funny how how those whispers become louder and louder just in in the space of a week, isn't it? They we, turn to fact almost, yeah, don't they? Yeah. So you end up sort of not sure where where it sort of starts and how, and how it will end. But it's it, it's a funny time of year, and, it, and it, it, I think it's getting louder louder each year just because of the there seems to be seems to be far more movement. So what, what's your what's your gut with the with the Greenwood one, Derm? I, th- I think he'll go. I think that they've got so many midfielders of good quality that aren't fast. They can't have... Well, uh, um, Bryce Gibbs and Hugh Greenwood are both on the outer because of their foot speed. Yeah. And there's other guys who are similar foot speed who are getting more of the ball. Greenwood's the, the unusual one, though, because he can mark it. Hmm. We'll get back to that very shortly because Tom Barras out west has been good enough to talk about their one-point loss at the hands of Collingwood last night. Terrific game, absolute thriller. Tom, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, fellas. It was against the run of play. It just felt like, particularly from three-quarter time, that you would go on and win um, at home uh, with all the momentum. Um, Have you worked out what happened? Oh, no, we haven't reviewed the game yet, but um, I thought it was a good clash and um, Colin probably just wanted a little bit more in the end and, and we couldn't get field position and we fueled their inside 50s and you're sort of asking to lose a game like that. But um, it was a good contest and I think we did a lot of things right. I've played in a midfield where the defenders absolutely ripped shreds off the midfield and saying, boys, you've got to win some footy. You're down back, 20 inside 50s to five last night. Did you just feel like you were under the pump and were you disappointed with the midfield in the last quarter? Oh, we did feel under the pump, but that's how the natural sway of footy goes sometimes. And, um, you know, us as backline, we, we weren't great in the first half by any stretch. In fact, it's one of our worst performances. So it's... Um, you know, it's one of those ones where the midfield uh, maybe didn't do their best work at the end of the game and, and we didn't do great work at the start. At times, you're on Mason Cox last night. Clearly, Collingwood came in with a tactic to block for him off the ball before the marking contest. Did you feel like those tactics were legal? Oh, yeah. Look, that's football. Um, it's probably something I didn't do well is work through it um, and prepare for it. And they had a plan and kudos to them. They executed it. So I think that's probably my evolution as a footballer and, and something you get a bit better at. So I think I'll plan for that in the future. 
And uh, Nick Natanui, is it difficult to manage his game time? So Cripps goes down after quarter time uh, and then you're one rotation short and Nick Nat can only play 50-odd percent of game time. Do you feel like that had an influence, the fact that you've got to look after him? And in hindsight, should you have thrown out that plan and, and let him play for longer? Oh, look, mate, I'm not even going to start coming in with that strength and conditioning routine. I have no idea. Um, but I don't think it, it should or, or does affect the way we play um, in those late stages. He's enough of a presence to be able to be that 50% managed player. And I think we've just got to deal with it as a side. Bob? Uh, Tom, I'm interested. We We were often talking about the the unpredictability and versatility of the of the Collingwood forward line. What, what was the focus of your defensive group during the week around how they structure up and, and, and the best way to sort of stop them? Oh, look, they, they've structured up in terms of positionally um, quite similar for a number of years and, and it's just all about the contest and, and they're good players. Um, so it's a lot about sort of how the ball movement's coming in from up the ground and, and how you adapt to that at the time which we didn't do well in the first half. But, you know, we also were on the back foot. Um, they come out and had a plan for us, and, and we didn't um, adapt quick enough. What about your injured teammate? How, how's, how's Cripps feeling today? It looked like a really nasty one. Was it? Do you have got any idea of just how serious it is yet? No, I haven't spoken to Cripper. Um, but you really did see a replay of it, and it was on the kick, so it doesn't look great. With with a one-point loss... Sorry, Dan, I'll just Gaffin. jump just one more... With a one-point uh, loss like last night, what, what's Adam Simpson's reaction in the rooms after the game? How, how would you sum up the the mood of Adam Simpson straight after the after the loss? Oh, I think it's still it's still fair and level-headed. You know, I think you know we got to acknowledge that we had a crack and that we, you know, we rolled the dice and you know we had a shot inside 50 with two minutes to go or something like that, and and it could have easily gone the other way. Um, so you acknowledge that, and we've we've won a lot of those games in the in the last little while. We have to remember, so it's it's all just a part of footy. And it's a long year, it's a hard year, and when you come off a premiership, you forget that you lose a few games here and there, and you get belted every now and then. So that's very much his um his messaging: keep us a bit level-headed. Yeah, there's no doubt that yeah you. Single-figure margins, they go 50-50 no matter where you are on the ladder most of the time. Simo said after the game, he said said to the media, I'm not going to smack them. They've been pretty good for a long time. That's the way he, he spoke to you, you blokes, after the game? Yeah, a little bit. I think you'd be, you know, a lot more impressed with, you know, that effort than, than what we've dished up a few times earlier on in the year. And Collingwood, you know, they probably owe us one. Um, you know, we've won a few close games against them and at the end of the day, they wanted it more. Um, and they're a very good side, so you've got to give them props where they where they respects you. The old, they owe us one. Have you ever run out on the ground and, and while you're doing your warm-up lap, say, we owe these blokes? <laughs> oh, well, no, but that's the thing. You, you notice it in the, in the last quarter when there's just that little bit more and... It's a very subtle thing, and that and that's all it needs. The, the competition's so marginal at the moment that it's only one percent these days. Can I ask you something away from strictly football? I mean, I've got a favourite player, Ben Cunnington, uh, Big Jeremy, uh, your um, compatriot down there, is one of my favourites. You automatically went to the top three of my favourites last week in the photo after the derby. <laughs> what was going on? You look like a seventy-year-old Italian grandpa with. <laughs> Your shorts, 
up around your armpits. Hoiked up. And the ghoulies just on display. <laughs> it, it, it looked like it looked like Elwood Beach in the middle of summer with, <laughs> with all the ethnics coming down there and, uh, and, and Papa was on display. Yeah, well, I, st- I stole that one off you, Danny. I had <laughs> to photos. Um, but no, that's a good And if you can't have a bit of fun with your footy, um, that's, then there's no, there's no point playing. I didn't mean to yank him up so high to get the camel toe so pronounced. But um, we thought we'd throw the look back old school, man, Gov. Yeah, mate, I thought it was fantastic. It was hilarious. It shows, I mean, we play for keeps when we play AFL football. You guys play for keeps, I should say. Um, and, and there's so much involved. You guys are highly paid. There's so much at stake. It's just great to see men who are young and under pressure can still love the game and have a laugh at the end. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a fine line and, um, <laughs> you know, you're always – a bit worried to come across as um, arrogant or whatever and you know it was annoying losing by a point last night because uh, Simo gives you that look <laughs> but again I think you're right it's important and it's something that he's embraced is that and same with the Bulldogs and Richmond is that you still got to be out of relax it's got to be a bit of a sanctuary the football club because you are under so much scrutiny all the time well you were taking the mickey out of yourself not the opposition so that i, I think yeah. you get away with that well and truly well done west coast tom barras joining us on crunch time this morning tom the foot injury you're back and you look back to full fitness how challenging has it been oh well it, it sort of became an easy decision at the end of the day um the the foot got to a point where I, where I wouldn't be now to get through the year um, without surgery, and so once that decision got made, it was let's let surgery straight away. And it was 12 weeks, which no one wants to miss in the middle of the year. But hopefully, I'll get a good run up at, at finals if um, you know we can get, finish up top half of the ladder. In your mind, was the ground a factor in that injury? Oh, look, there's so many variables in an injury like this, but I think it's certainly a contributing factor. I, um, I've had to change my boots and I've played in some boots, my sort of uh, wet weather boots at Optus against Frio and, and that they pulled up quite sore from that. So I'm, I'm in the shoe boots. I'm in the clunkers now. Take us through your management of it uh, week to week. Oh, oh it's just a, I'm on a lighter, lighter week. Um, I don't do as much running. I do more swimming, do more other sort of types of cardio and just sort of have to train your mind a little bit more than your physical skills, I suppose. Well, mate, um, it's been a a pretty good season from your boys. Unfortunate last night. Big one again next week as they all are. Long break. You take on Melbourne next Sunday afternoon. Tom, thanks for your time and good luck for the rest of the year. Thanks for having me, fellas. Well, Good luck, Tom. Next level is play with your shorts yep, that high and tucked in. That's it. Uh, well, you know, that's maybe you can do it for charity or something. Have a bit of fun with <laughs> like it, Well, he's a big Matthew Lloyd fan when he was coming <laughs> through. And uh, Lord, Lord, I did say that he's been channeling Matthew Lloyd with the socks <laughs> well on and the strides high. Tom Barras was our guest on Crunch Time. But love your thoughts and your calls on that. one 736 736 Big show still to come. We've got the crunch and we're going to look forward to the other games for the remainder of round 17. Clearly lots of ramifications in some classic games, including the one today between Essendon and North Melbourne and then Port Adelaide taking on Brisbane tomorrow. We'll talk about that shortly. You know what we need? We need a Harry High High Pants round where everybody has to play 
in the old Bombay bloomers pulled up <laughs> over their belly button. Well, tuck Bob, in, it's, tuck it, in. it's a dying art. And tuck in. Socks, yeah. socks up is actually a dying art. We, we, Derm was a, a, a great exponent of the socks up. but We it, was calves like you, mine, mate. You don't see it very often, Bob. <laughs> no, I know. The socks up, the socks up tuck. I remember, I think it was Brad Johnson who yes. was kind of holding out quite late and the boys used to rip him <laughs> unmercifully. Because you guys like, used to cut him off, didn't yeah. you? Oh, yeah. Some of the blokes went to extraordinary lengths to... Um, <laughs> Yeah, Nathan the, Brown ended Nathan up playing Brown. in socklets. Yeah, he had them sort of cut, the middle cut out of them and re-stitched and then the AFL sort of sent a please explain yeah. letter. And quite vain, quite vain, Nathan. Oh, it's, really? It's a big shock. There's a big exclusive for <laughs> I, you to I'll tell you one, Bob, a, a lovely little story. We were getting, you know, you get your, your yearly photos of your list and it happens at the start of the year. So Gary Ayers is sitting front row. He was vice captain, captain this year. And the, the photographer said to him, oh, could the... And he knew nothing about football. And he looked at the bloke in the front row, who happened to be Gary S, and he said, mate, can you pull up your socks? And he just looked at him and said, nah, sorry about that, mate. <laughs> and he said, nah, come on, mate, pull them up. You're the only one with socks down for the photo. And as he stuck out his leg and said, if you can pull socks up over these, good luck to you. <laughs> he had calves that looked like my thighs, Gary oh. Ayers. He, he actually could not get his get the socks. They didn't make socks big enough to get over Garfield's calves. Kane, were you ever a socks up? I started as socks up. I'm kind of a bit, I'm a bit annoyed with myself that uh, I just conform uh, to the uh, No, I wasn't aware, yeah. but um, I did see the Instagram photo from classic footballers during the week, Bob. It must, <laughs> it must have been you from your first year. You did have the socks up. I, I was the same. So in, in my uh, recruit year, someone said to me, and it might have been a recruiter, he said, you're more likely to get drafted with your socks up because you look like a professional. So yeah. I stuck with it for a year. but And no, you look taller. Yeah, uh, then I realised I was a scrappy yeah. tagger who needed to put the socks down. <laughs> and Bob, Bob, honestly, uh, my calves were disproportionate to my body size, so I had to keep... <laughs> and I was spilling when Hawthorne went away from the hooped socks because the plain gold socks made my legs look even skinnier. But, mate, you just were desperately skinny anyway. You was, needed to keep the socks up. I, I wanted so, I wanted long sleeve just to cover up the sausage arms, and there was no, no one more disappointed than when we'd play away interstate and I'd, I'd, you'd arrive at the locker and I'd see that the Bulldogs had, you know, the, the really the all-white uniform. Oh, yeah. And I just, oh, no, here we go. My phone would start to buzz after the game. My Your footies. Mate's going, you look like a point post running around. Oh, you, mate, you were footies. Physical version of Mr. Gumby, were you? <laughs> well, I don't know who Mr. Gumby is. Oh, what? How old are you? <laughs> I know who Gumby is. He was a little rubber man we oh, used to sorry. play with yeah, in, the, yeah, right. in, the, in the 70s. <laughs> uh, now, I want to ask you about Port Adelaide, yes. too, Kane. Um, so, well, they had a couple of great wins in a row. They were going win-loss, win-loss, win-loss all year. Great wins along the way. Knocked over West Coast Eagles on a Friday night. Knocked over... Uh, quite a few good teams, and then get beaten by Bulldogs. Carlton, Bulldogs, when the Bulldogs weren't playing well. And they've strung two really, really solid, good wins together in a row. They're coming up against a team in Brisbane mm. who are good. Mm. We now realise Brisbane are a good team playing good footy, good personnel, good structure, really soundly coached. What does this mean for Port Adelaide this week? Yeah, so just uh, just to 
pick you up. It's only one win in a row. So they lost to, oh. they've gone win loss for seven weeks in yeah, a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they lost to Bulldogs in round 15. They respond again. So they beat Geelong, lost That's to right. Bulldogs. Yeah, which yeah. one, which, which port do you believe, oh, Kane? Which Bob. is. Toss, Too a, hard. toss a coin for me, can yeah. you? Because you would think playing at home, no Hipwood, no Hodge, who, you know, Luke Hodge, not Luke Hodge, but he's important to the structure. He's actually been in pretty good form, Luke Hodge. So a couple of massive injuries for them. Travis Boak back in for Port Adelaide. Um, so you would think that playing yeah. at home, they win. But this is the, honestly, but this is the, that's yeah. the recipe for Port Adelaide. Exactly. When you say you would think and then describe Port Adelaide, <laughs> that's when they let you down. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. So uh, I, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. You, um, so so Lockie Neal, they've brought in Cam Sutcliffe. Derm. I know you're doing this game. So he's a the former Fremantle player who was picked up in the mid-season rookie list. He's the fourth rookie listed player to be picked mid-year to play this year. John Noble was another one last night. He's going to tag Lockie Neal. So Neal averages 37 and 10 clearances in his last five games against Port Adelaide. Kane, can so I ask, one to watch. Can I ask you, when, you would watch Port Adelaide closer than any other side. When you're watching them, when when they're on or when yep. they're off, what, what are the triggers for you? Are you able to pick it pretty early? Yeah, you can pick it almost within 10 minutes. So part of it is their ball movement. I remember watching them down in Tassie. They played Hawthorne. They couldn't get the ball out of their back line. So they've got this mantra this year of playing fast and taking the ball on. But when a team comes with a plan to shut them down across half-back and their ball movement, crowding numbers through the corridors, so when it's stagnate, slowing you think them up trouble. on the mark, and as soon as Port Adelaide are kicking long down the line, good luck. Good luck winning it because then they go away from that natural instinct. Well, that doesn't play. sit well for them. The last five weeks since Reshaw's come in, it made me have a look at the stats of it. North Melbourne used to take, would take a mark and play on. 29% of the time they took a mark. Under Reshaw, overnight, it dropped to 14% and they're 4-1. and one. Mm. You look at the teams which play on the least amount of time and you flip the ladder around, the teams that play on the least amount of time of the teams who are in the top eight. Mm. We'll continue that discussion very shortly. Time now for a 40-wink serious about sleep ladder update. If it's good night's sleep is your goal, get into 40 winks. So last night's one-point victory saw the Pies leapfrog the Eagles in the second position and a Cats win tonight would see them two games clear and more than 20% on top of the ladder. If it's a good night's sleep is your goal, get into 40 winks. Huge addition of crunch time still to come. The crunch is coming up next. Award-winning Crunch Time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range. Loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50. New ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Garlic bread, triple cheese, melt and fill. Welcome to the Crunch Time for Honda. Introducing Honda's 50 years limited edition range. Search Honda 50. And for sub life at Subway, try the new ultimate cheesy garlic bread Sub from Subway. And once again, good morning to Bob Murphy. Robert Murphy, I think you're distinguished now, Bob. We can call you Robert <laughs> up in Sydney. Had a rough time getting there this morning, but we're all on board now, mate. So uh, what you make of last night? Uh, we haven't had a chance to speak to you yet about the one-point win to the Magpies. What you see? Uh, I was I was fascinated. You, you know, I like the, the psychology of sporting teams. Yes. I, I, just, I just loved... I loved Collingwood going over there with the mission, with their sense of desperation. Not, maybe not that their season was on the line, but 
but there was it felt like there was plenty on the line. So a one point margin in the end was always was always going to be quite dramatic. It was a you know one of, one of the best games we've seen this year. Plenty of desperation from both sides, and you know I don't think West Coast you know lost too many admirers last night. Um, who knows? We we might we might see them both again at the end of the year. One of your many wonderful traits as a player, you were very good at fostering bringing on young players. There were two players out there for the Magpies on such a big road trip. Isaac Quainer playing game number two, and Young Noble in game number mm. one. What did you see from those lads? Well, at at that stage of the career, you're looking you're looking for moments, aren't you, Jamie? Yeah. The the idea of you know of, of four quarters um, influential footies that's probably Probably unrealistic. So you're looking for for moments, and I, I think what we saw last night from those two guys, we saw we saw we saw you know we saw some really nice things, some nice moments. And sometimes with young players, and, and you would know all about this, Doom, that, that those big occasions and hostile environment, some some young players are just completely overawed by it because the the experience yeah. is just is too much. And then others are kind of blissfully naive about it. There's almost a sort of, oh, yeah, it'll be just another, you know, just a game of footy. Just the kid I- Noble looked like he adapted to the pace of the game beautifully. The only mm. thing I saw in which I thought was a, a slight negative is a couple of times in the tackle he handballed the ball away so he didn't get pinged for a, a holding the ball, understandable. Yeah. But he let that handball get too big. He let it get away yeah. from him a bit too much. That's the only thing I saw which said to me, uh, um, the adap- uh, adaption to yeah. league football, he's made it beautifully in the space of minutes. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's a good point you bring up. That's that's the kind of fine detail. A lot of, you know, even a lot of the coaching is around that you'd rather give away a free kick, but because that if you hold onto the ball and have the free kick given away, there's plenty of time then for, for your opposition, you know, for your team, sorry, to, to set up you know the defensive grid. So when you sort of throw it away, that's sort of that that can be turned into football roulette. And you, if it if it doesn't fall you, you know if the ball doesn't go your way, then you're in you're in you're big trouble. All right, Bob, we're going to move into it. It's time for the crunch. Thanks to Scooty, make your trip exciting. Scooty two wheel taxis. Let's get into it straight away. The dogs are on a mini roll here, Bob. Mm. You're the form master on the dogs. Is it sustainable? I. I think it is, Derm, but I'm a little bit hesitant to say it out loud. <laughs> I sort of <laughs> feel a little bit like, oh, don't... No, That's hope, though. Not. That's that, worry. I can hear that. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like, it sounds like you're the, 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 the supporter who exits the room and his team kicks three quick ones and he's torn whether he should watch the game or exit the room again <laughs> so they can kick another three. It's all dependent on what you do. You've got to read into what you see. Yeah, that's right. So a a bit like, you know, Kane talking about Port Adelaide and a bit of that sort of Jekyll and Hyde. And that that has been true of the dogs for for much of this year. The good has been really, really good. And then they've kind of faltered more, I think more so with the psychological battle of being favourites. That's And that's a a hallmark of of young sides as well. They they like to sort of, you know, uh, go in as the underdog. The last two weeks, though, it's been... It's been really exciting for for a lot of reasons and for the supporters because of the because of the sort of the the varied quality it's been interstate in the wet against Port Adelaide. That's a sensational win. That's yep. built built as much on will as much as anything structurally or skill wise. Where's the uplift then? What do you mean? Where's the uplift? Where, where's the uplift come from? I mean, Bondabelli's been playing very good all year. Yep. he's still playing very good. So where's the uplift from the 
I from think, the rest of the contingent. I think that I think the defence has kind of solidified a little bit, but it really it's the it's the emergence in the midfield that's become all of a sudden a dominant midfield of Bontempelli, Jack McRae's doing. You know he he's been a good player his whole career, but he might be in career best form. But it's it's probably Josh Dunkley being thrown in there as well that he's really playing some of the best footy of his life. So. They've got they've got a few options in there and they're they're winning so much of the ball and I but I think it's it I think it's taken a bit of the pressure off the defence which has at times this year looked a little bit small and and been sort of monstered by some of those big forwards and then last week against the Cats uh, that was you know, a different kind of win to the Port Adelaide win where you know came from behind um, and uh, and got over the line against you know. The, the informed team in the competition. And and Norton's threatening again. He um, is. Four points out. One game out of the top eight at the moment. Mm. At the start of the year, I, I was convinced the dogs are going to come again because they've got so yeah. many young players who've played in a premiership side who are still yet to reach that 26, seven years of age mark. So I was convinced they're going to come again. Did you have them? In the eight this I year. I had them on the edge. I had them in that. Which is I where thought, they are. I, yeah, that's right. So I thought they just, they would just miss out. And at the moment, I'm feeling like they might just scrape in. But th- th- this this Sunday's game against the Demons, it almost, it almost finishes the trilogy of this of these three weeks of interstate win, big tick, win against the top side, massive tick. Now they have to. The, the final piece is this: Can they go in as favourites against a Melbourne side that is there's a there's some vulnerability there? But they'll but they're unpredictable as well. The demons we're not quite sure what we'll get. So I think if the if the dogs can, hang on, hang on, Robert, they're unpredictable. They've won four games out of fifteen. <laughs> That's kind of predictable to me. They're losing a lot. <laughs> that, well, that's true. That's true. But there is, there is. We know there's potential under the hood with the demons. But I think if the, I think if the dogs can have a, you're making uh, Melbourne solid... sound like you're making Melbourne sound like a Leyland P76. Well, this because you're asking about my team, Dom. So I get all neurotic. You know, that. <laughs> same as when I hang on. Are you the Hawks or the Saints? I'm not sure. Who I've, got, I've got to ask you a bit. But I think yeah, the big. It's a. It's quite a big test for the dogs on Sunday for their mature. Absolutely. Hey, uh, Jack Revolt comes into the team. Any team which Jack Revolt comes into is going to look better. They've just got the mm. one change. Uh, Graham goes out. Who's a little stiff. He's a pressure player. Probably hasn't reached the same heights as he did his premiership um, season with the with the Tigers. But they've made one change. The Giants, who it's still hard getting a read on the Giants. Mm. They've dropped out. Uh, uh, four players, Haitley, Kelly and... Well, don't drop Kelly, but Kelly goes out along with Langdon, who was injured as well, and Jeremy Finlayson has been dropped. Mm. He's a, He can be a wonderful player, Finlayson, yeah. but he can let you down in the contest. And I think they just lost patience with him last week and, they, and they've said to themselves, we want commitment, we want undying commitment to the cause in every moment of the game because... If you don't do that against Richmond, their structure's so good and they're going to give the commitment in opposition and you're playing one short if you don't. Yeah, the Finlayson, I, that, that was something that grabbed my attention, Finlayson, because I'm a bit of a fan of his. I know he's I know he's had a bit of a form slump, but he, I love sides who've got the the three-pronged sort of forwards that of a mix of tall and the, and the medium floating forward. I think it's a really damaging kind of combination. And I like the Himmelberg, Jeremy Cameron and, and Finlayson trio. And I have watched a few of their games this year. And 
that has really troubled sides because one of them will get off the chain. Mm. So to have him have him out of form and now out of the side, it does it does hurt them. That was a, a, a really nice little point of difference the Giants had. So it's, there's a fair bit on the line for the for the Giants today. They they, they drop another one and they they might start to slip. And the Tigers. I mean, I watched the Tigers live last week. They played the Gold Coast Suns, so hard to get a read on what they're up against because Gold Coast were, were yep. you know, they're having a tough year, and that was that was an aberration for them, and they, they were they were terrible. And and but but I got to say, watching it live, that was a wet day. The Tigers' ball handling and and the basics of the game was exceptional. They they looked sharp. So the first quarter they were they were phenomenal, weren't oh. they? It looked like they'd set themselves for one quarter to do the damage in one quarter, yep. pushed it to a little bit of a half, and they put the cue in the rack and had yeah. a bit of an experimentation after half time. But yeah, the Giants have got it up against them today. There's there's still the calls going around that is it form, is it structure, is it mm. personnel v the opposition team who has structure, because some people still say it's predominantly talent v teams when when the Giants run out on the ground. Mm. Oh, I can hear a bit of music in the background there, Bob, so it might be time to go to a break. And thank you for the crunch there. This has been the Lovely. crunch. Yeah, that's our couple Lovely of minutes crunch. for the crunch. The quickest way to leave the MCG. Thank you to Scooty for your two-wheeled taxis. Download the app today. And this is Crunch Time. We'll be back after the break. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning Crunch, crunch Time. time. Celebrate 50 years of Honda with our limited edition range, loaded with style and sophistication. Search Honda 50, new ultimate cheesy garlic bread sub from Subway. Garlic bread, triple cheese, melt and fill. Who might not totally grasp that, which half the time is me. Um, Tell us what he meant and tell us what you think it means to the game. Yeah, so that's so. So Matthew Scarlett, he would he'd be a student of you know he played under Brendan McCartney for a number of years, and and as I I played under Brendan for three years at at the Bulldogs, and that was that was something that Brendan would often talk about. So I, I suppose the, the the most obvious example I can I can give to you now, Dermot, is that so the kick inside fifty that on a on a slow play. Yep. They, we used to call it the post kick, so it was almost a kick to the pocket. So it was like have the have the forwards run and jump at it, but really it's almost there's almost a resignation of it, these things. It'll probably be spoiled, and the likelihood is the ball will probably go out of bounds in that forward pocket, and that's that's almost the setup. And you can defend that as and opposed then, to yes. someone like Dunstall who would lead at the ball carrier, yep. dart away to the fat side, yep. and run into space, and the kick would need to be good and it'd get to him and he'd take a one-on-one, yeah. sometimes even an uncontested type mark because if that ball gets spoiled, it gets cleared. Yeah, so one of, and one of the things that, you know, coaches with that sort of defensive bent on it is the, the shallow entries inside 50. So going in, trying to spear kicks into that 40 to 50 because if they get turned over, particularly if they're close closer to the corridor than on those flanks and pockets... If it gets turned over there, it just opens up the whole field. And they're away to the races. And, yeah, away to the races. So they're at pains to sort of avoid that. So that yeah, that 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 defensive kick inside fifty. It's um. So what yeah, does this do to a, the game? Uh, well, it, it it's well, it doesn't make for great viewing. That's what that's what it does. It it it. What what these the defensive coaches want? They want all of the players in in a in a quadrangle of the ground in a quarter of the ground. So, so you get the ball deep into that forward pocket, ball goes out of bounds in all likelihood, 
and then you can set up just about all of your players in that quarter of the ground. So it's, it's incredibly difficult to get the ball out. Almost like what Kane was talking about earlier with Port Adelaide, of sides that can sort of pin them in that back pocket, it really does suffocate them. And that that's true of most sides, but there, I suppose some are more more susceptible to that than others. The, the sides that like to run and gun, if they get trapped in that in that back pocket, that back flank, it can it can build frustration and they and and sort of work against them. I, th- I think it is a serious serious, uh, almost an accusation as to the state, the mindset of the way football has been administered by those at Clubland. Defend with the football in hand. I think Stephen mm. Hawking's probably got to have a look at that in the off season. I don't know what we can do about it, but one of the glorious things about Australian rules football is the individualism that can come from players and their want to win the ball, to mark the ball. And to, to, to create. Ki- correct, yeah. And yeah. this flies completely in the face of it. And and it yeah, it's something that will need to be looked at. I don't know if mm. you can do anything about it in short term, but it has to be investigated. Let's go to some of the games now for uh, the crunch here. We're looking at, oh, the dirty rottens, Essendon up against <laughs> North Melbourne. <laughs> I, re- I read I read Robbo's article today, which you, you, you are quoted heavily in oh, that I? article. I haven't yeah, got to that. Yeah, oh, hang on, there we go. About the, about the, the history of the, the Bombers and the Kangaroos, how there's not a lot of love lost there and almost a... Sort of Robbo sort of pumping it. It's almost like he was a boxing promoter. He's pumping it up like a, like it's a class war. And a lot of the language users like this is is this game of footy or a game or or, or an MMA bout? It sounds like, <laughs> but it's, it's, a, like, it's a cage match it's at a, Marvel Stadium. It's a cage at Marvel. That's what it, I think. I, I'm not sure if whether it was whether it will get it or Robbo just really wants it to happen. I tell but, you what though, North Melbourne, <laughs> to use the vernacular, they are playing like junkyard dogs. Yeah. They, uh, they've simplified their game mm. and they've said, if you want to be tougher than us, you're a chance to beat us. Yep. But you've got to be tougher than Zeebel. You've got to be tougher than Cunnington. You've got to be tougher than the... I mean, it, what, the, the young lad uh, uh, plays in the forward line... Not Zerha. No, the big tall kid. Oh, feeding him 32. How am I going with this? Wood. Mason Wood. Now, Mason Wood... He's a lovely-looking player, but he, he probably... Yeah, that's how he plays. He's a lovely player. He levelled a bloke last week. Yeah. He ground this, but he cut him in half. And to me, that, that smacked of a team that said, Zeebel's leading the way, banging heads. Well, Cunnington knows no other way. Yeah. We play narrow side. We play brutal football. And some of their pretty and lovely players, like Mason Wood, are prepared to do that. The mindset has changed. Mm. This this looms as a battle between two teams, both finding form at the same time, and both. Well, you always need wins, but this win's got to be extreme for them. Yeah, is it a, is it a bit like a? I'm um, not not to sort of out metaphor one another, but it's it could almost be a uh, the road runner game today uh, between the Kangas and the Bombers. Of the the Bombers are. They run. They can run and carry the athletic. Out of the back half, yeah. yeah. Especially at Marvel Stadium where they can run and gun and take the game on. Whether It's whether the the dropping the anvil on them, you know, whether that that's what the kangaroos have been doing decides it, but, you know, treating themselves like human cannonballs. It's whether the cannonballs can, can knock the runners over. Then there's that age-old question with the dogs, with the uh, bombers, hooker, backward, back or forward. Mm. What do you see? I, I, I just see him back. 
with 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 the with the option to throw him forward late. For some reason, that I think works as a better option than starting uh, starting him forward. Yes, you know, I agree. I, yeah, I think those you can sweet... get a fix. I, I think yeah, a good yeah. backs, backman still he's such a wonderful competitor. But a good backman, not so much get a fix on him, will know how he wants to defend him. Yeah, and you're still a chance to get beaten in the contest because mm-hmm. he's such a competitor. But you also get a shot at him going the other way yep. if he starts as a forward. If he yep. wanders down there at some stage of the game when when it, the pressure's up, it's extreme. He's going to make you think, and you and you have yep. to alter. And your he's game. already and he's into the game. He's got his yeah. confidence, and then you sort of throw him forward as that as a wild card sort of burst. But I I, I would I would leave him back in in general. So, uh, I mean, obviously everybody loves their tips. If you've drilled down into this game, who are you going for? I. I've tipped Essendon with my eyes shut just because I, I, I just have the feeling at, at Marvel they just might be too quick. Uh, but it's not with that, not with any great deal of confidence. I have a, And I have a sense that you will be going the other way. Uh, I've tipped North because I hate Essendon. <laughs> <laughs> do you need more logic? <laughs> Even though, look, I do. No, I'm left with no ambiguity there. That's t- <laughs> they are going bloody well, though, Essendon, yeah. aren't they? Yep. And it galls me to say that. They're a wonderful club. They're a bloody great club, in fact. Uh, all right, let's move on to a quick preview of the Tigers and GWS. What do you see happening? Uh, it's an intriguing one as well. Almost in the same way that the desperation of, of Collingwood and the circumstances that they, they produced their best last night. I can't, GWS aren't, aren't at that level, but I do think there's enough queries and doubts of just where are they at that I think this group, I think that I think they might be saving one up for today. So I've, I've, I'm tipping the Giants just to sneak one past the Tigers today, as good as the Tigers have been, and rewalt back in. I just think the Giants might get them. Yeah, they're one of those teams as well. They seem to smart and and, yep. and, and really hurt after a bad loss. And they do mm. have that, we'll play with talent and we'll win with talent. And then when they get a loss... It seems to galvanise them, them bit, yeah. pulls them into line a little bit more for some of the more dour. We, we spoke about Collingwood before, and I thought last night they got their grind back. Yeah, they just ground the game out. Whereas in previous weeks they they were yeah they had their team plan their systems, but they weren't prepared to grind yeah. with no guarantee. Um, sometimes the Giants can get their grind back, and they're darn difficult to beat. Mm. It's just tough to tip against the Tigers in current form at home. Yeah. No, it's a, it's not with any great deal of... There's, there's a few 50-50 ones this weekend, but I'm just something about the... Def, there's something in the defiant attitude of Phil Davis during the way he was talking about how mm. he's still got utmost confidence. I thought, oh, just... You know, sometimes you get a you get a sense of what's happening inside inside the wall that, that's real. Yeah. You know, players talk about their sides every week, but sometimes you get a, a sense of, oh, this is there's some real resolve this week to make this one a, bit, a big week. Let's go to the early game. Sydney v Carlton, SCG today. I can hear it going on in the background there, Bob. The music's yeah, up. Just starting to just starting to bubble yeah. away up here. They're not an early crowd arriving no. type venue, are they? So no. I can hear those 
couple of hundred people there in the stands, the voices echoing in the, the empty stands around them. But, but what do you see? What do you ha- see happening uh, it's, for it's the... A, it's a pretty... I think it's a pretty evenly kind of uh, matched matched outfit today. Carlton have hit, hit, a, hit a nice little vein of form, but, I mean, both sides are going to have to navigate some tricky conditions. The, the winds up here are... are blowing full the the flags are at at full tilt and the the plane i can vouch for that the planes on the way in were a little bit bumpy dermot so it's, <laughs> it's, it's it, it, i don't think i don't think it's going to be i don't think it's going to be a uh, a pretty game of football which yeah. probably lends itself to the swans but you know that the blues it, are, the blues got their tails up in a word adelaide uh, got any problems uh, sorry, have Adelaide got any problems? Yeah. No. No. All no, right. And I'm not... No comment. Geelong St Kilda. I think you're going for Geelong. Yes. Bob, Easy. thank you very much, my good friend. Robert Murphy. Good on you, Dermot. Preferred that title. <laughs> There's Bob. And this has been the crunch time for Honda and Subway. Enjoy your afternoon. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.